Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, the design agency as passionate about craft beer as we are. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Bayonet Brewing Co, Dolphin Brewery, The Paper Mill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, The Small Batch Brewing Co, Belgium of Blues Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, Michael Billingham, James Moss and The Brew Bros. So, how have you been Dave? What's going on? Yeah, it's been a crazy, well, how long did you say it was? 20, yeah, well, look, so you were, you were last on this podcast on, well, it published on the 20th of October 2020. So in the very depths of, of the first year of COVID, when we, you know, none of us knew how long it was going to last or whether we were going to sort of live to tell the tale long before vaccines or any of those things were a thing. Uh, you were episode 17. So that's a very long time ago. And, uh, you know, it's great that we're that you're, you're still standing, and so are we. So let's take we'll take that and uh, start from there, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good baseline. Yeah, we're still going. Um, yeah, that's pretty much been our sort of number one aim is just to keep going. Really, mm-hmm. that's been the main uh, the main sort of um, modus operandi. But um, but yeah, what have we been up to? I mean, to be honest, the main thing has been getting, you know keeping the uh, the beers flowing at our tap room, which has yes. been the the hardest part. Being such a small brewery, it's been. Uh, that's, I mean that that just keeps keeps me busy the whole time. Definitely. Um, yeah. So how many how many beers do you typically have of your own pouring in there? It's been up and down. I mean, so, at some points we probably had about six. We've got okay. f- uh, fourteen taps. Right. And I think we want we, we we would ideally we would like to have you know at least half of those ours, but it's quite hard because we've only got four fermenters. So yes. and they're and they're small, so they do we do run out quite quickly. So yeah, we haven't we haven't expanded. We're still exactly the same size from when we first set up the the, the brewery so um, yep. yeah we've so kind of no, uh, you know that that almost to some extent is is perhaps you know i wouldn't say it's an ideal state of affairs but it's allowed you to sort of keep your head down and keep going and not you know you didn't you haven't overreached like some um you know and and you know that's that's been a challenge hasn't it this year for some so you know i feel like it's it might not be exactly what you had planned when you started but you know it, it perhaps you know not not expanding more quickly to some extent has allowed yeah. you to, to to get through tough times and still hopefully still you know still be trading that uh, that hasn't always price, yeah. been the that hasn't always been the plan though we were uh, quite a few times trying to expand yeah um when the you know when things looked good and we were sort of kept on running out of beer we were like we really need to you know get bigger fermenters we need to find a place where we can have you know extra capacity and we've gone through lots of different ideas to try yes. and uh, get that to work either having you know breweries brew our beer elsewhere in slightly larger scale or finding new premises completely to move the brewery to so yeah we've, we've sort of tried a few different things but I kind of think that it's actually been sort of fortuitous that we haven't expanded uh, at the time when we were thinking of it because uh, right. yeah the way that the market has changed or that you know the, the way things have changed with the costs of things i think if we had taken a sort of a business plan expansion you know at, at any of those times we probably would have been in quite a sticky situation yes. right now no I, um, I, I feel that that could well have been the case and you know as you say yeah. if you're 
if you're able to sell a significant percentage of your production output through your own tap room, then obviously that's uh, at peak margins, albeit I'm sure they're still modest, but at least you're not having to pay. You know, there's, there's no middlemen involved there, are there? So that's a, a nice, nice situation. I think we've been um, we've been a bit spoiled by that because you know if I was to ever expand this brewery, it would I would only do it if we could still keep the same amount of beer being sold through our own tap room so so you'd need like almost a second retail outlet to to be able to to justify that or yeah yeah basically i would i would only want i mean one of the things that you i've heard you mention quite a lot on this podcast is what would you have done differently yeah and um that's one of my favorite uh parts of the uh, parts of the show (laughs) and you know that and what i would have done differently i would i would only ever um expand the brewery size if we had the, or I would scale the brewery to the size of the tap room. Um, nice, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I, so that would be my kind of thing. I would not, I wouldn't bother expanding the brewery just to sell, to rely on other pubs to sell the beer. I would only do it to my own, um, you know, outlet. Right. Just to yeah. keep that margin, because you need that margin. I mean, the margins are so tight anyway. Yeah. You really need to get everything that you possibly can get. And when someone pays four or five quid for a pint, you need that four or five quid. You really, you shouldn't be really getting, you know, less than that. Or if you no. are getting that, you need to be brewing it in a really large quantity to 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 justify selling it at that price. I don't doubt it. Yeah. So we're um. So yeah, we're only brewing three hundred and fifty-ish liters per batch. Right. So um. Yeah, seven hundred-ish pints, and uh, <laughs> you know that's um. It's not a lot, but. No. I wouldn't want to if I was brewing that much and selling it for anything less than what people are willing to pay for a pint. I think it would be doing ourselves uh, injustice. Yes, no, I think I think that's a fair comment. So, so let's just take a step back and say that as you know, you, you're still brewing in that remarkable location on the South Sea seafront in the uh, quite an ancient fort, aren't you? So, you know, just for people yeah. that perhaps haven't heard the previous conversation we had, give us a you know a quick sketch of of your your setup there. Yeah, sure. So it's um yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit different. It's uh it's an ancient castle which was built by Henry VIII in the fifteen forty four. So um yeah, pretty pretty old. And it's a it's so South Sea Castle is situated right at the bottom of Portsmouth. It's right overlooking the sort of the Solent towards um Isle of Wight, and it's, it's sort of built into the, the sea wall, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh... it, it was it was there to sort of be the first point of uh, defence if anybody was going to invade Portsmouth Harbour, which was like the home of the British Navy. Yeah, so um, a big uh, yeah, a big sort of stronghold, and um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a really really weird building which is sort of shaped in like this sort of symmetrical kind of um, fortification like lots of angles all the walls are like really weird angles but inside the walls are all these sort of archways that used to be for um storing ammunition right and at one point they were barracks as well so a number of different uses that they've been it's kind of a museum sort of stroke cafe stroke wedding venue at the moment and then we've just got a little brewery in one of these archways so we are we are tiny the, the actual archway is only about seven i think it's seven meters by about five meters right. so it's tiny. I mean, it's about the size of a, you know, a, a normal garage. Yes, no, absolutely. And 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 I, I, the 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 key thing I remember from our last conversation is you had no waste water outlet at, uh, at that stage. Is that still the situation? <laughs> not, not officially. Uh, well, we do. No, it does. It does. Uh, it does drain away. I mean, the, yeah, the drainage is, is not too bad. We did okay. when we. So one of the other things which I'd say um, is important to say, you know, re- you know, things that you could do better the well, first time round. The fermenters that we had at the beginning were or the floor the floor didn't have a drain 
Right. Um, it was reliant on uh, on the buckets and things like that, which is a nightmare. So, I mean, it's pretty. It's you know, it, I think nowadays no one would really set up a, a brewery without a proper floor drain. But Probably at not. the time, it seemed like the only thing that we could, you know, the only way to make it work was just you know, sort of putting the fermenters on this sort of waterproof floor. But it didn't have a drain. So right. yeah, when we when we got new fermenters, which were the um, uh, pressurized sort of conical fermenters, we decided right. that that was a good opportunity to rip up the floor and put in a. Not a, it's not really a drain. It's more of like a gully, which uh, leads to a sump. So it actually okay. sort of falls to a falls to a sort of a, a pit in one in one side, and that gets pumped into the actual drain. So it's not right. it's not like a full drain. I can't put loads of stuff down there without it blocking the sump. But it's it's pretty um, it's pretty good. It works. So uh, yeah. So that's one of the, over- the hurdles. But the other hurdle and the big thing is that the door is still a you know normal door. It's not anything bigger so it's not like a roll you see most breweries have nice big roller shutter absolutely you know, lovely yeah. thing they can bring stuff in and out on a well. that's right yeah. <laughs> we don't have that luxury it's literally a door so any deliveries anything that comes that's on a pallet has to be either you know left outside and then handballed in or we have it delivered somewhere else so yeah it practically it's not it, yeah it's not very practical but it is a very nice place to work it has great novelty <laughs> value doesn't it that's yeah exactly. and, and you do get some i guess some quite decent footfall um at least in the summer months of, of you know people coming to look at the castle and the cafe and whatever and hopefully buying some some beers from you as on their way through to the beach or whatever well when we first opened that was kind of the um you know that was what we thought was would be our main route to market which was yeah. You know, which was great because people were coming straight to the brewery and buying quite a lot of beer. You know, as you said, drinking drinking on the beach or whatever. And every weekend that we opened, we were selling out nearly everything that we brewed that week. So yeah. um, it was a great, you know, a great uh, little business. But it was seasonal, and when it came to raining and you know in the in the in the winter, you'd only get a few dog walkers, and you know, no one would really be around. So no. yeah, it wasn't worth opening in the as soon as the sort of sun went down. But um, no. I don't think we would be if we if we didn't have the outlet that we've got now, which is our tap room elsewhere. Yeah. Um, we probably wouldn't be in business because that I don't think you could rely on just uh, summer. You know, no, you trade. can't. You know, seasonal. You know, with the, with the vagaries of the British yeah. summer, even even as it's been the last few years a bit warmer, it still doesn't last very long, does yeah. it? But when we first opened, I mean, I think the the business model which I was sort of going by was. Um, what I'd experienced in Bermondsey Beer Mile and the Colonel being open at the you know for a few hours at the weekend and then brew by numbers i mean there wasn't yeah. really many there there's only about two or three there and yeah it seemed like such a good atmosphere i just wanted to sort of recreate that in south sea definitely and um and that's how we ended up at the castle basically yeah that all leads us up to the comment you made in the in the email when we were getting ourselves organized yeah. for this which is to say that your presence in the castle is is in is in doubt looking forwards is that do you want to expand on that at all or yeah yeah so that's basically the biggest thing that has kept us from doing anything sort of expansion wise is basically the castle have well when we went into covid we were told so our lease was about was was meant to run out in 2021 Right. So just as COVID was starting to come about, we were thinking about going into a negotiation for a new lease. Yeah. Um, and at that point, we were sort of putting all of all, all our sort of plans together. And we were thinking there's an archway right next door, another another room, the same size. Maybe you know we could have we could uh, put, put together a proposition to rent that as well. Oh, nice. And, yeah. um, and also a bit more freedom to do beer festival. We wanted to do more stuff at the castle because it's yes. such a... It's such a great location, but we felt like we were massively restricted by the size, 
and the licensing because we weren't able to sell everything had to be taken away to drink right um so we were we were like well you know we want to do more here and that's what we went to a meeting basically saying but they pretty much just turned around and said uh no you know don't even get your hopes up we're not even thinking about renewing your lease at all even for the room that you're in so um so yeah they pretty much um stopped us right there and and that we came away from that meeting pretty um yeah depressed really thinking like oh that's that's not at all what we were expecting and uh and let's now now we've got to completely change our whole business plan but at the time it was a bit weird because we were thinking well maybe we do need to expand anyway so this could be a good reason for us to sort of you know take um take an opportunity and look elsewhere and we did look elsewhere but this was just at the beginning of the pandemic so we were going to you know look we were looking at places and thinking of moving but at the same time it was about to you know become and people were telling us oh you're going to need to shut your pub and things like that so it was um yeah it was a bit of a tricky time so anyway long story short we ended up having sort of lease but basically we sent an email to the council every now and again saying like what's going on because our lease is now only you know we only had six months left or we only had a few months left and we were asking you know can we be reassured surely at this time during the middle of the pandemic you're not going to kick us out now right and they extended our lease by a year at a time. Okay. And that's brought us up to now. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're still on sort of borrowed time. We from the chats with the local councillors who are on our side, essentially, they know that we can't stay at the castle because that's one of the things which um would sort of undermine the whole way that we ended up getting a lease there. Because to be offered a lease in one of these old buildings. Um, you have to be sort of uh, there's a few criteria and essentially it's like you have to be a small business you have to be right. a local business and it has to be sort of our artisan kind of business yeah and we we fell into that category when we first started but now we're sort of getting beyond that and we couldn't we can't stay there forever so right they're okay. um kind of they're, they're not willing yeah. to sort of they're, yeah they're not willing to make a make an exception to us because then they'd have to make an exception to all these all these other businesses right so um so essentially we've got borrow time and we need to look we need to keep looking elsewhere and uh and yeah that's where we're at at the moment when we've had a few opportunities to move to different places but nothing has really come come through and we've had a bit of a letdown with a place that we were really had our our sights uh, set on that was nearly about to go through we had we had an offer accepted on a nice industrial unit that was nearby not too far from the pub right and um and yeah, we got strung along for a few months. Spent quite a lot of money on surveys, surveys and all that sort of stuff, like, yeah. and legal fees. And then, and, and then, yeah, the, the buyer, uh, the seller, uh, pulled out without giving us a reason. And essentially, the the, uh, the you know, reading between the lines, the reason is he wants to develop it into flats. He didn't really want to keep it as a unit. No. Um, so, and then, and, and that is a bigger problem, I think, in Portsmouth and and and, and in most cities, it's very difficult to find small uh, industrial spaces that aren't. Yeah primed for redevelopment into Don't houses because that's that's, yeah. that's where that's where people think the money is so yeah yeah it's a bit uh it's a tricky situation for small businesses that need to grow it, i think yeah we're not quite big enough to be on a big industrial estate no i don't really i don't really see that as like how how you know i think i think that would might be too too much of a stretch for us so yeah we're looking for something in between it's pretty pretty tricky definitely i, I can well imagine and you know I, I guess so i've got a couple of thoughts on that so coming back to the earlier conversation about you wouldn't want to expand the brewery without having more retail space. Then this, I suppose, yeah. is, is the opportunity to do that, isn't it? So you, you know, any unit that you move to, as long as it's got space for a tap room as well, kind of fulfills that 
that requirement to to give you that extra retail outlet but you know it's easy for me to say that because i've not got <laughs> i've got to sign the lease but uh it does strike me looking that... looking for something look i mean the, the the ideal place is really something which is a like we've got so our tap room which um i think you know i don't know whether or not we discussed it much when we last spoke but right. our tap room is is, is 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 a sort of place that i would like to have a brewery in here there okay. just isn't enough space Right, um, you're so you're, in, point, you're basically in a retail, like a shop front, aren't you? On 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 the you know on the high street or whatever. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. It's a small uh, shop, but we've got the upstairs and out the back as well. And the okay. out the back is a um a sort of a small garage, but it's basically chock a block full of all of our stock. That's our that's our cold store. We've sort of got an insulated garage, all right. Um, which we bring, so we don't have hold any stock at all at the castle. Everything no. as soon as it's canned or kegged, it comes straight to the uh, comes straight to the tap room. Uh, and, and stored here so um and, and ideally we would be able to put a brewery adjacent to here and then it would all be in kind of one sort of footprint but um but yeah these places don't uh don't come up often and whenever we have tried to chat with people in the local area that have garages and things they're they're just sitting on them and waiting until they can turn them into flats yeah it's really good. annoying i mean so so my my immediate thought is you know having just just fresh come back from from your neck of the woods um coming down for the awakening weekend um two three weeks ago mm. we spent a, a very pleasant saturday afternoon between uh staggeringly good and Mackie Mackie. um yep. and so you know if you could locate yourself somewhere just to the north that would that would be ideal for me though if you don't mind just so you could, we could join, <laughs> join the dots there and add a third uh, great stop to that little um I don't know what you call that is that a sort of east portsmouth or north yeah South sea? i'm not quite sure what you call that but... yeah it's it's uh, North South Sea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how far. I don't know where the divide is for South Sea. It seems to be getting further and further from from the actual beach. But yeah, um, I mean that that would be the sort of ideal area. And that's pretty much what you know. Our tap room and Mackie Mackie and uh, Staggering are sort of in a bit of a triangle. Where yeah. so yeah, anything around here would be would be perfect. But and there's yeah, quite a lot of units. small units on that Staggeringly estate, aren't there? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's again, it's easy yeah. for me to say because I'm not I'm it, not trying to find one to open a business in, but. <laughs> well, there there are there are some small units, but they're not they just don't come up very often. They they tend to um, change hands without going on the market. Yeah, so, yeah. Know, someone's a week if someone's a moving now. out, yeah. they, you know, someone else knows about it. I mean, that's what happened with staggering. I mean, staggering, we we're in a small unit to begin with, and then they managed to get the unit that was right behind them. So yeah. you know that was perfect for them because they could, they they actually knocked through the wall and managed to you know make you know, their brewery bigger just from um, knocking down yeah. the wall. But that's right. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that doesn't happen. That Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong place, but I can't see. I've got every single customer that comes into our pub looking for places. I bet you I've have, got yeah. Everybody every, on, every, 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 every agent of... in the area. <laughs> everybody is looking, and there will be a finder. If someone finds the right place, they'll get beer for life. There we go. Look at that. You heard it here first. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, seriously, we, we, I mean... We, we, yeah, if someone if someone knows of something in Portsmouth, which is you know a, a good a good place for for a a, a brewery stroke tap room, I mean yeah, let me know. It's, um, yeah, it's difficult. Well, if, if so, if, we are looking, but yeah, the 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 main the main uh, sort of lesson that we've learned from that is that we've got to stay you know small. I, I don't think that growing big for the sake of it is is a good idea at the moment. No. So I do want to keep keep it small, and I think that's that's the tricky thing is looking for something which is. Not so big that we not, have not ten thousand square brewery. feet, or whatever. No, you need something yeah. sensible size. Yeah, because then because then you have to have a big brewery just to pay the rent, and then you've got to have extra staff to run a big brewery, and then you've got to have a, a you know quite a big production to be able to pay for those staff. So yeah. by what the, the basically the next step up from where we are to where 
we would have to be it's such a massive leap in everything at the moment it's basically just me and my wife that, that yes. run this run this business and yep. i brew the beer she she runs the pub and yep. it works perfectly most of the yep. time <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we kind of want to keep that keep that dynamic you know we don't want to have loads of people involved and all the rest no. of it it's sort of uh it's you know brewing beer is what i want to do so i yep. want to keep that i want to keep that fun you know what i mean definitely well it's small we need to talk about this particular beer um, that you very kindly sent me because its its name uh, fits the, the subject of the conversation, which is it's the fort that counts, um, which is a nice, nicely uh, structured name for a beer. Six point two percent New England IPA, um, absolutely in my wheelhouse. As we were just chatting before we hit the record button, you know, I, <laughs> you know, you, you certainly know how to curry favour with me, Dave. That's let's let's leave it at that. So, um, so this uh, tasty notes I've got here say, brewed to celebrate our fourth birthday. Of our tap room, the Brewers Tap. This New England IPA is a culmination of everything we've learned about brewing this style of beer over the years. A well-timed mix of cryo and T90 hops of our favourite varieties, which work together with the London Fog yeast strain to get the most hop survivables possible. And this is absolutely delicious. One of the nicest beers I've drunk this year, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, oh, I don't well, really quite know where to start to, to do it justice, really. It's just lovely, lovely blend of uh, uh, sort of tropical and uh, you know, slightly citrusy fruit flavors lovely little bitter tang to it but you know absolutely new england ipa a gorgeous murk color to it absolutely brilliant you know it's um it, it couldn't be any more apricot and opaque if you know if i wanted it to be it's just, just a lovely lovely color um with i'm holding it up to the sunshine um you know behind me outside just to, to get the full appreciation of how how murky and yet bright it is if, if that makes sense um, and this really pleasing me. Absolutely lovely beer. Um, so congratulations. Uh, happy birthday. What, what's uh, any oh, more cheers. thoughts uh, on this beyond that, Dave? Um, well, that's lovely to hear. Thanks for that. The, um, I mean, that's that's even nicer to hear, seeing as that is a can that we sent to you. So, yep. you know, the whole the whole um, the acid test for me is like, you know, does does a beer hold up well once it's been canned and shipped somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> um, <you laughs> when, when was it canned? uh oof, well we off oh when was our birthday it was uh like i think it was like mid-april okay so yeah it must have been a couple six, of, yeah. seven weeks maybe yeah yeah month or, yeah so i but um i mean yeah canning it always makes me nervous when we can those sort of beers so yep. um i'm glad to hear that it sort of hold up in yeah uh, it always it in always interests me to dig into this conversation in particular and, and ask mm. you what's your sort of approach to when a beer is in its absolutely best condition after canning you know do you do you think it's it's at its very best when you can it, or do you can it expecting it to just sort of settle down and improve a little bit a few weeks later? Um, well, I th- uh, there's a there's a thing in wine where they call it like bottle shock. They don't drink the wine, I guess, when it's first put into bottles. So I think that is somewhat similar with beer. I think there is a certain amount of time which it takes to settle, but I have no idea what if there is any science behind that no. or what's going on there. But I, I agree. I mean. Out the tank, it tastes great, and then okay. you put it into a keg or a bottle uh, or, or a can, even. And you know, you might try it the same day, but I think there is something slightly different about it. I don't know if it's just because it's been agitated or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, I think it does take a few days to sort of adjust. But right. I mean, we we generally keg a beer and sell it the same day or the next day um, at the at, on on tap. So. Um, yeah, I don't know why it make any difference in a can, but may, the main thing with canning. So, so since we last spoke, I mean, the canning machine. So, I think we, when we actually on the podcast last time, 
I said, you know, this is kind of an exclusive. I've just ordered, I think it was probably like that week, I just ordered a canning machine. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was a massive thing because it was like, yeah. it was almost like the, the brewery, we've just in, we just started uh, going into sort of various lockdowns and yeah. investing a whole bunch of money into a canning machine was a bit of a risk, but I felt like it was something which we had to do. And I'm so glad we did. I mean, that canning machine has paid paid back dividends to us. I mean, it's been you know such a great thing to have just in the yes. brewery. I mean, a lot of breweries have, or especially small breweries, have people coming in to can. We couldn't do that just because the no, size of the door, like I said, the, the, the castle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we probably discussed that. So I ordered the canning machine, and, and when it arrived, I was learning how it works. And now I absolutely love this machine. And the way that it cans the beer, the way that you can see that the beer is getting a nice foam on top, and it's, right. it's not, you know, it's not uh, getting... Uh, oxidized you can it's got like a co2 blanket and things like that it's it, it's a it's such a fantastic it's it's the, it's the most amazing part of the whole brewery i oh, think great. to be honest well most most I brewers i speak to hate it. their candy lines because of, you know, the damn <laughs> things are so temperamental so I, I think you probably need i to don't name. understand yeah, yeah i don't understand why I, so yeah i will name it i mean it's a great yeah. machine it's the wild goose gosling it's, it was it's one of the first ones that came over from um it was it was the first sort of small canning you know, fully automatic canning machine that came over from uh, from Wild Goose in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now there's another one that's been made um, since then in the UK, the Micro Can right. Imp, I think it's called. Okay. And that one is a very similar. I mean, they're almost identical except for uh, a few few differences. But yeah, this uh, this machine, I just love watching it. I mean, it's got like the whole thing is automated. You know, it pulls the the, the, the can in, fills it, oh. lid. And then seams it, and then dries, you know, dries it, and then label. It's it's just a, it's just like there's there's not many things in the brewery that just work, and that just works. <laughs> so um, I'm glad to hear that it's doing doing the beer justice as well. That's great to hear. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh well, good stuff, Dave. At mm. this stage, I will take a short break. This week in craft beer is sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, a design agency based in Essex, offering professional marketing services across the UK. They specialise in graphic design, brand creation and web design and can create anything from a fresh logo, new product branding, eye-catching adverts to a fully populated website. No fluff or filler. Real design for a competitive world. To find out more, visit hitmarketingdesign.co.uk So I'm back with Dave from Southsea for the second half of the show. Dave, at this point every week I like to put the guest on the spot and ask them what is sometimes a tricky question. It's not going to apply to you, I'm afraid, because I'm actually going to ask you the question that you suggested to me. So uh, I don't know if that really even makes any sense, but let's do it. <laughs> so the question <laughs> is, and this is the variation on the on the second half question, which is, what do you wish you'd done differently? Yeah, that is that is a great question. I love asking brewers what uh, what they would do differently. <laughs> or the one thing which I would recommend everybody do right from the start is definitely invest in some pressurized or pressure holding uh, conical fermenters yes. we started off with the flat bottomed thin um, stainless tanks with a with a just a loose sort of fitting lid and they're good for doing i'd say not not too hoppy beers or like cask yeah. sort of styles but yeah trying to brew a sort of a new england ipa on those sort of things you just lose a lot of the aroma as soon as you dry hop a lot of it comes straight out the top and you really want to capture that sort yeah, of uh, time, you know, yeah. uh, keep it keep it sort of you know keep that in the beer and then when you yeah. chill it down it should reabsorb a lot of that mm. um nice aroma so so yeah i would definitely and and the good thing about sort of nowadays with the um the home brew lots of companies are making pressurized fermenters in, in, oh, yeah. on small scale so i think most home brewers are probably 
even their first fermenters are actually pressurized yeah, or pressure, you know, pressure or holding yeah, yeah. essentially if you're going to be brewing a hoppy beer you want to keep as much of those sort of volatile um hop aromas in the beer i'd say that i should have done that from the start but you know hindsight think, oh, i wish i'd done that but at the time i think for the money maybe they weren't available in that sort of size and um, also a floor drain i think that's been covered before yeah. hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's right <laughs> Yeah, because mm. uh, considering the amount of wastewater that you produce in a brewery, it's uh, you know, that, it was almost unfathomable. Um, God, I wish that we could uh, have a podcast studio in the pub. Have you been to the Hop Grenade in? Uh, where is it now? It's in like San Francisco. No, but I'm aware. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. This is uh, that I know. I, I, I think I've seen. I've certainly seen a video of it. I think uh, they've got their they've got their podcast studio in a bar, and nice. it's like behind a glass window. Yeah. So they've got, uh, and, uh, and I'm sitting in an office which is not far from from my bar, but I can't see, <laughs> I can't see the beers being poured. Which no, is... People can't see you naturally, no, they no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice. I mean, that, that's one thing which I think would be would be cool if you ever did want to uh, take this uh, podcast further than just the hobby. Yes, um, you should have a bar where you record, you invite people, you buy their beer. This is this yes. is the business plan. You right, buy yeah. their beer yeah. as part of their sort of, um, you know, sort of like like a tap takeover. But yes. instead of them just talking to people at the bar, because sometimes that's weird because people don't know that they're the brewers. So you do a no. tap takeover and yeah. you say, I meet the brewer. And There's then someone some, says, some, I, some weird guy with a beard hanging about at the end of the yeah. bar. And you've done this right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so instead of that, you should have a, a bar where it's dedicated, it's built for uh, not just not just selling craft beer, but for also doing podcasts. And then you oh, can, nice. um, yeah, you can, like you can get the brewer to do the podcast and then drink his beer and have everybody else in the pub enjoying it as oh, well. That's a great, yes, brilliant. I like it. Yeah. There you I'll go. Like yeah, I'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll pitch it to Steve. See what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's your retirement project. Nice. Yeah. No, that that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Excellent. Um, usually at this stage, I get into talking about where's the best place for people to get their hands on your beers, and we have spoken already about your tap room. But let's tell people exactly where it is so they can find you. Yeah. So the Brewers Tap, which is a, um, it's I think it's actually the only. It's still. The only micro pub in Portsmouth, nice. Which is uh, which is crazy, really, thinking that it's such a densely populated city. Yes. Um, I mean, you could debate some of the other pubs that are really small could be seen as micro pubs, but the, my definition of micro pub is a building which wasn't a pub before, and then that's right, a, not not a micro pub as a pub, but more like, you know, yeah, sort of a shop front that's been converted or whatever. Yeah. yeah this was a this was a news agent, and we nice. um we we took it, we we saved it, and uh, yeah. from from yeah. becoming flat. So um so yeah so that so it's the the brewers tap and it's in East Knee, which is sort of the east part of South Sea and uh, it's if you if you're coming to Portsmouth and you're looking for decent places to drink this should definitely be one of them it's absolutely um, yeah it, you know there's there are some there are some really good pubs uh, locally but I think we've um you know because because we are a brewery tap room as well we do have really fresh beer and we get in some really good beers in cans and uh, on tap so yeah. so yeah it's definitely worth a visit if you're in Portsmouth it's not far from staggering or Mackie and if Mackie. you were walking to you know walking rather than staggering to staggering how long would it be yeah. a reasonable uh you know oh it's reason. only about I would say it's 10 minute walk oh fantastic yeah it's not yeah. far at all and, no. and uh, it's even I, I 
maybe maybe even closer to uh, Maki Maki. I'm not sure. Yeah. So we were. I mean, we when we were down a couple of weeks ago, we did. We walked from Stagnally to Maki Maki. We didn't. Uh, to my shame, we didn't come down to your place because you were on holiday, weren't you? So the, I'm not. I'm guessing you're. Almost, I'm <laughs> I guessing was on you're, holiday, but the, the bar was open. I'm guessing I was going to say that. So I'm. <laughs> I'm guilty now just confessing this because we should have come down and checked it out anyway. But but because you weren't there, we didn't. We only we just headed up to Maki Maki and. Uh, and then That's the, fair enough. I'm sure it would have been much better if I was here. And to be honest with you, I'd had far too much to drink by the time I finished that <laughs> night. Anyway, so if we'd have come to you as well, it would have gone. It would have got even more messy <laughs> later in the day. So uh, such is life. How but was uh, how was the awakening festival? It was brilliant. I mean, obviously, it was you know it, had, it, it was it had a slight tinge of sadness to it because it was uh, Fallen Acorns sort of last hurrah. Um, yes, as a brewer, that was very sad. But the, you know, it was a great festival, brilliantly run by Tim and and Co. Uh, great selection of beers. The uh, the awakening, the festival dipper, um, mm. which I think they brewed for previous, or actually last. It's only the second year they ran it, wasn't it? So I, I know for sure they did it last year, and that was amazing. You know, I think it was almost certainly the best dipper I've had this year. Oh uh, wow, just... we had a keg. We had a keg of that here, I think. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I think it was it was really fantastic. Um, it, just a great venue as well. Uh, you know, nice, nice weather as well. So you know, lots of people were out in the garden. If the you know if the music was a bit overwhelming for you, you could go out the side door and sort of you know drink your beers in the churchyard. Not quite you know mm. resting your glass on the gravestones, but but nearly. <laughs> you know, it was kind of. <laughs> if I remember that's your when, thing. <laughs> when I went, um, I went there last year, and uh, I remember it being a lot more of a music festival than I expected. Yeah, there was a lot more. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the, the the live music there was amazing, and it was. Um, I didn't realise that it was going to be quite such a, a live music uh, thing. I thought yeah, it was going to be more like a load of music led. I would say, yeah, more much yeah. more so than most beer festivals. But but there's plenty of room to get away from the music if you wanted to. That's the thing is there's you know a big sort of you know we call it a lobby area, but sort of the first room you go into is approaching from the front that was you know mm. away from the music. So that that was where most of the the, the beer was set up. And then obviously, you know, right out the front, you've got, got sort of a, you know, area with tables and whatever where they had the food truck. And then, you know, right around the side, there's there's quite a you know fairly sizable garden space down the side and to the back. So, you know, if, if the band wasn't to your taste, you was, you know, it wasn't like it was in your face. You could get away from it if you wanted to. But uh, no, brilliant. Really enjoyed it. And I nice. thoroughly recommend it for next year. I know Tim's planning to run it again, I think. Um, and so, you know, we'll be there for sure next year, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think fun. I think it's a separate. It's a separate. Yeah, it um, is. I think, I think you know, uh, Tim's, Tim's run that as a, as, a, as sort of his brand, mm. the Awakening uh, Festival. So I think he's carrying on with it, and uh, I hope he does. It was a. Mm. It was good. Yeah, it's cool. Glad, glad we were there. Mm. Um, so, uh, Dave, as we head into the home straight with this uh, with this catch up, um, I always at this point ask the guests to give me a shout out to a little guy. Um, and even though you would have done this before, back in 2020, I'm sure there's, you know, there are new places popped up, or maybe you want to shout out the same places. But you know, where if they're not coming to the Brewers Tap, where else would you recommend they drink in the South Sea Portsmouth area? If somebody's looking um, for a great outlet for independent craft beer. Well, so my wife Lorna gave me this idea because I, 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 I was thinking about places, and I couldn't really think of anyone, but this place did definitely stick out from helping us out. So there's a pub nearby called the Lawrence Arms mm-hmm. and uh, they're a lovely, it's a, it's, it's a really nice, I don't know how long it's been there, but it's a, one of those boozers that's been there for a long time. Okay. And um, recently, I mean, they've always, they've always sold really good beers, even though they are tied. I think they've got quite a loose tie on cask and cans. So they've okay. always got good, good selections of, uh, of craft beers in, in sort of cans and on, on cask. Right. But recently, a, 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 I don't know if it was a drunk driver, but somebody smashed into 
the front of their pub and completely oh, took out the whole of the front of the pub. Oh, no. And the uh, and the, and the, a little mini was buried into the actual bar, basically. Wow. Um, so the whole pub had to close down. They've had extensive refurbished works um, to get it you know, structurally sound. I mean, it took out pretty much a whole supporting wall. So, yeah, um, oh, yeah it's been they've been closed for quite a while. And in the time that they were closed, um, Dev, who's the landlord, he was uh, he's quite he's a really nice guy. He's a really um, sort of charitable guy. And he right. he said, uh, that, does anybody want to borrow a barmaid? So he had all this stuff because oh. the, the insurance company would pay were paying for the um, the refurbishment work. So they were covering the staff's wages. Right. But he didn't want the staff to just be sitting at home doing nothing or go to to to, to work for other places and never come back. So no, sure. he was he's trying to keep them uh, keep them busy. So he's basically hiring out his bar staff oh, uh, for free <laughs> to local businesses that might need staff. And at the moment everybody is pretty much looking for staff. Yes. So um so yeah, uh, it was it was a while ago that he he put up a post saying borrow a barmaid or bar. What a nice idea. And uh, yeah, and he and he and Dev, the landlord, actually came and did a shift at our bar uh, one night, and uh, I think he had a good time. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, it was good help. And and I, yeah, I think when they do reopen, I'm hoping it's fairly soon because right. uh, they've been closed a while. But um, but yeah, when if you are in Portsmouth and um, and you know it will be it should it should be open in a few weeks, hopefully. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's worth, the Lawrence worth Arms. Out. Yeah, the Lawrence Arms. Yeah, it's on yeah, Forster Road. So it's. It's just, you know, where, so the Beer Musketeer was the other place which has been uh, given a shout out a few times, yes. I think, on, on yes, your podcast. Yes, and, yes. and, um, and it's right, I mean, Beer Musketeer is, is clo- has closed, but right. Um, right around the corner from there is where the Lawrence Arms is. So it's, okay. uh, it's, it's the middle of South Sea. Yeah. All right. And it, yeah, it's a great little pub. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, then. So we are into the wrap-up question. Uh, and I think I'm going to give you the alternate wrap-up question, Dave. Um, and you can have some thinking time if you need it. But here, I need you to tell me what beer or beer style that's no longer available would you like to resurrect so that you can taste it either for the first time or again? Okay, I've thought about this already. And okay. uh, so in the toilets in our pubs, we in our pub, we've got... Um, some posters which are like old uh it actually says on it sort of uh what does it say breweries of yesteryear oh yeah hampshire, hampshire breweries of yesteryear okay and um and it's got labels from all the breweries which were local to portsmouth and uh, and hampshire mm. and the one which sort of stands out the most is little bricky which is brickwoods so brickwoods was south seas um at one point, it was probably one of the biggest breweries in South Sea. Oh, yeah. And uh, and you, you, as you drive down any of the roads, you might see an old building that looks like a pub that's actually now flat, probably. Right. But it's still got the sort of, you know, really nice old signage and the windows yes. might still have the, the logo on the uh, in the glass. And, yeah. and, and, and it's always those Brickwood's Fine Ales. And there's a beer which... Um, which has been talked about, and I, I keep seeing it sort of uh, on these uh, windows called Little Bricky. Little Bricky. So it was, yeah. it was a a pale ale. Um, okay. From and it, I, I'm I'm gathering that it was their most sort of popular beer. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I just would like to try it to wonder like what was the standard back. God, it must have been at least like yeah, hundred years ago or so. So we talk, yeah, and, you're talking about Victorian. Um, era basically or yeah. i'm guessing so I mean, to be honest yeah. i don't know exactly how old when it when it when they were brewing when they went out of business i don't know exactly but um but yeah it, it's uh it's a, yeah it's an old uh a really old sort of portsmouth uh traditional brewery nice. and um 
And yeah, I would just like to try that. That would be sort of like a uh, a step back in time to see what it was like and how it would. Yeah, what would have constituted to... the pale ale in those days? Yeah, because everyone everyone says that they wouldn't have been you know anything like what we have now. So no. I would like to sort of get a benchmark. But um, I mean, other than that, I would love to try uh, sort of like the first black IPA. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because I, that's always a style which I always, whenever I see a black IPA, I have to try it uh, because it's just it, it's one of those styles which has no consistency whatsoever. No, they can no, well, vary it's spectrum, so isn't it? That's much. the thing, it, you know, it, it, yeah. it can skew in the direction of a style or in the direction of an IPA. It's entirely so whoever whoever thought whoever came up with an whoever brewed a beer and said no, it's not a it's not a style, uh, but it's not quite an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, let's call it a black eye. that was a, a stroke of genius marketing and i would love to know what sort of beer that was that they, i was gonna uh... say I, I wondered whether you you have a brewery <laughs> that you would credit with that but i guess you don't from what you've said oh, well i don't know i mean the first one that i tried i think was um was the widmer uh widmer brothers right yeah which was um which was american brewery i don't know how it ended up with a bottle over here but hmm. that was the first one i remember looking at the label and going like what the hell is a black IPA?" Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and that was what started my fascination with it and i brew a black IPA. to this day we still keep in you know try and keep on tap the whole time lights out which is our black ipa okay. and uh it, it it sells remarkably well and i, I think it might be to do with the fact that we don't sell like a Guinness or anything that's we don't apart from like a proper stout. We don't right. have anything, you know, anything that's sort of like a, a dark uh, ale apart right. from lights out. So, you know, when people ask for a dark beer, generally we'll say, you know, this one's a black that's IPA. One. Try yeah. it, and they end up they end up a lot of people love it. So um, nice. we keep brewing it, and I love I love drinking it as well because it's such a different kind of beer. What's the ABV? Uh, that was 5.2. Okay, yeah, so that's got a little bit of... It's pretty much Casemate. So Casemate's 5.4, and it's pretty much Casemate, but with um, dark malts, with, yeah. with, the, with the addition of some dark malt. That's that's, yeah. that's basically the only difference. Nice. Well, I shall uh, I definitely... The next time I come down, providing you're on holiday, Dave, we're gonna, we need to come and uh, come have a <laughs> sit down and uh, go through the taps at the uh, the Brewer's Tap. But, uh, we'll, yeah, anytime. We'll make, we'll make that happen, but maybe... I might get to see you before then if I can persuade you up to Reading for, for craft theory in uh, in July. I'm going to speak to Dane next time I see him and get him to nag you well, about it as well. Make uh, make Dane do it because he because he drives from Portsmouth to Reading. So if there we a go. Lift, so if he offers if you a, a lift, lift going, then that will close the deal, will it? <laughs> I've got even less reason to not go. So Brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to see. Uh... I'll, I'll be seeing Dane on Saturday at Bristol, so I will be. I'll nag him about that and see if we can make that happen. Nice one. All so, right. Yeah, that sounds good. But in the meantime, Dave, great to catch up with you. Glad your business is thriving, huge potential. Um, you know, I think you could be much bigger um, if you chose to be. I, you know, I kind of I respect the fact that you haven't. But you know, every... I think uh, I think you know when you said about doing another podcast, I was I was hesitant mainly for the fact that I think that we've got we haven't really got anything to massively shout about at the moment, other than right. we're still going. But exactly. I'm hoping that you know, the next. Uh, I mean, hopefully by this time next year, we will have something like you know, a decent location lined up at least and or maybe yep. a new brewery to uh to christen so um so yeah i'm hoping that there are some uh some new developments in the future <laughs> we'll see how that turns out but in the meantime still loving your beers it's a thought that counts was fabulous really enjoyed that this evening anyway dave thanks so much for your time and uh yeah it's, it's been lots of fun no worries thanks a lot rob